Let's take a deeper look into the Bearcats recruiting class and who can start right away. Our Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, thank you so much for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. My name is Alex Frank, your host each and every day here on Lockdown Bearcats, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts, including on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to our Lockdown Bearcats YouTube channel. Follow it, too, to get an alert every time we drop a new episode. Hope you all had a Merry Christmas. Hope you all are having a great holiday season. I am fired up to be here today. I feel like I haven't been on this podcast in a while. Um... We didn't have a show yesterday, but uh, in place of it, I did post the Lockdown Sports Today year in review. Excellent job by Peter Bukowski, the host of Lockdown Sports Today on that. But back to the Bearcats, of course. This is a daily Bearcats podcast. And immediate starters, when I think of immediate starters, I first turn to Luke Kandra. And I know some of you might be asking me, why are you talking about offensive linemen right away? Why aren't you talking about Emory Jones? Well, I'm going to get to Emory Jones. But to me, the offensive line is a major, major problem with this team right now. The offensive line is a a unit that I I'm going to say it it's in a rebuild and I don't think that that's even a question especially after the news that broke yesterday of Joe Huber entering the transfer portal that is now two that's now a starter from last year and a projected starter going into last year that are both in the transfer portal like this is an offensive line that is not returning much and I think Luke Kandra has to be an immediate starter. Get someone who has played at the Power 5 level before. Another reason is, let's say Ben Bryant is the starting quarterback. Well, there's a chance that he could be, and he has a lack of mobility. So what that means is your offensive line has to be at its best. It has to be the best it can be. Luke Kandra is that. Luke Kandra has played at the Power 5 level before. That is something that has to be factored in. Right, the Bearcats got a head coach from a from a Power 5 school. That's really good. Well, now you need an offensive lineman who's played at the Power 5 level. I don't want to hear anybody say to me, well, the ACC is not a good conference. It's, it's, a Power 5, it's a Power 5 league. The Bearcats are going into the Power 5. And for a guy like Luke Kandra, who, by the way, is from Cincinnati, has, I believe, three years of eligibility remaining, that Luke Kandra can be an immediate starter on the offensive line. I really believe that. Because look, at, we'll take a look at the offensive line on the roster right now in segment two. But why wouldn't he be a starter? The offensive line was a major problem last year. You, Anyone can say, I can sit up here and say that Ben Bryan wasn't very good. I can sit up here and say that, you know, Evan Prater struggled in his first two starts. Well, how was either quarterback supposed to be very good when the offensive line wasn't what it was supposed to be? As soon as Jake Renfro went down just a few days before the season opener at Arkansas, you had that sinking feeling that, ooh, the offensive line just took a big hit. The offensive line just took a big hit. And I really think that that just, you know, combine that with, Joe Huber struggles, 
combine that with, you know, an offensive line that struggled to run block at times. I mean, there was, you know, a stretch of games between UCF, Navy, and uh, EC. The Bearcats could not run the football. I mean, a lot of people, and maybe you still wonder how they won those games. Um, Luke Kendra has played over the past two seasons, three years of eligibility. He, uh, Cincinnati offered him when he was an elder in 2019. Three-star recruit ranked the 636th in the 2020 class, um, was the left guard for Louisville last year. So when you think about that, Jeremy Cooper, who's been the left guard for the last four years, he's entering the NFL draft. So there's an immediate plug-and-play. Get someone who's from Cincinnati who probably knows a thing or two about the Bearcats and their culture. That's someone that I want to see out there. Whoever is the starting quarterback, um, because right now, whoever is the starting quarterback, uh, they're not going to be operating behind a great offensive line. The off, this offensive line needs rebuilding and run blocking. I don't think they can hold up well in pass protection. Like, this offensive line is not what it was in 2021 or in 2020. The offensive line last year took a step back. And the thing is, it shouldn't have. Right? The offensive line did not lose anyone in the NFL draft. The offensive line had three players chosen to Athlon's preseason All-AAC team. Three players, three starters. One of those guys obviously missed the season, but three starters. Lorenz Metz, Jake Renfro, and Dylan O'Quinn. Two of those guys essentially didn't even play the whole season. Lorenz Metz did later on, but he through like the first through the first eight games. That's not what we're used to seeing from a Cincinnati offensive line. Especially what we saw in 2018 and 2020. In 2021. So Luke Kendra gives that offensive line an instant jolt. The offensive line to me is still a very important unit on this team. The quarterback is the most important position. And we're going to talk about that a lot throughout this offseason. But the offensive line to me is the most important unit. If your offensive line is not functioning at a peak level. If your offensive line is not functioning at a peak level, that's that that spells trouble. Especially for an offense that could be run by Ben Bryant. And even if it's run by a mobile quarterback, Emory Jones, Brady Drogosh, or Evan Prater, that you need an offensive line to protect. And that to me is what stands out to me. When I look at the signing class and who I think can be an immediate starter, I think Luke Kendra can be, and I think he should be. Because as I'm going to explain here in segment two, you look at the offensive linemen and their experience that are on this roster, the experience, you would ask yourself why Luke Kendra couldn't start. Whoever is the starting quarterback for this team, your offensive line needs to be solid. Get a guy with power five experience to help bolster it. That's what I look at in Luke Kendra. Because this off because the Big 12, even though it's driven by the spread offense and getting the ball out quick, 
you still need your offensive line to hold up in pass protection, to run block, look at Kansas State. It'll be very interesting to see Kansas State on Saturday when they face Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. Is that Saturday? I should know this. Yes, when they face Alabama Saturday in the Sugar Bowl. It'll be very interesting to see how they block Will Anderson and Dallas Turner, guys like that. Can they block those guys and run the football effectively? Because that's how they can beat Alabama. All right, so we'll look at the offensive line, and there's another position that has seen a major turnover this offseason. And who can be an immediate starter there? We'll get into all of that after I tell you how this episode of Lockdown Bearcats is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like every new potential hire, excuse me, can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs because LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. I use LinkedIn when I was at Bearcast Media. That's how we hired many, many members of our staff. We posted who we were looking for, what we were looking for. And it's so easy to create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. It's simple tools like screening questions to make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. We got to finish the year strong and the right team member can help you do just that. That happened to us many times at BearCast Media. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster, so post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Hey, thank you for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. Make sure to check out Lockdown Sports today, the biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less. Plus, instant reactions, game recaps, and Lockdown's take of the day. Lockdown Sports Today, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. An excellent podcast hosted by Peter Bukowski. Really, really recommend checking that out after you make Lockdown Bearcats Today your first listen, as you do every day. So, here's the offensive line breakdown for you. Starts, or really just experience, over the last two years. Dylan O'Quinn started the last two years. Lorenz Metz started in 2019, back up in 2020. Remember when he came in for James Hudson in the Peach Bowl? That did not go well, but he was a starter in 2021. He missed most of 2022 with an injury, came back later on in the season. And then you have Gavin Gerhardt started last year, first year as a starter, played well. But then you look at the other offensive linemen. Obviously, Jeremy Cooper's entering the NFL draft. James Tunzel's entering the NFL draft. John Williams was passed over by Tungstall going into last year. But then you have guys like A.J. George, redshirt freshman. Ben Blevins, haven't seen much of him. D'Artagnan Tindley was a transfer commit last offseason from Kentucky Christian. Didn't see much action last year. Luke Dalton, same deal. Matt Mason, didn't see much from him. Landon Fickle, didn't see much action last year. He's not in the transfer portal yet. Still keep an eye on that. Cam Jones, didn't see much action from him last year, but he has seen action in a reserve role. C.J. Johnson didn't see action. Mitch um, Rafe Snyder didn't see much action last year. Jonathan Harder didn't see much action last year. Uh, Glenn II didn't see much action this year. So, like, look at the offensive line that are currently on this roster that are not currently in the transfer portal. And what you are going to see 
is an offensive line that is a major need of talent. And this is a position, like I've said, that for years has been one of strength. And for a program that has been driven through the offensive line for the last um, few years, even 2019, when the offensive line was good, it was good. Once You saw in the, uh, the Birmingham Bowl when James Hudson started that game, the offensive line allowed Cincinnati to run all over Boston College. So we look at who's on the team right now. And I'm not seeing I'm not seeing anything that makes me think, okay, the offensive line is gonna be fine. Now you insert Luke Kandra. Then you have a guy who, okay, can inject some talent. By the way, that last name. I didn't have the pronunciation guide pulled up on me, or did I? Um, where is the pronunciation guide? Uh, Glenn the second. Oh, there we go. Um, Mayo Glenn the second. Want to make sure I got that right. So, only having three guys returning who started the game last year, and really only two if you think about it, in O'Quinn and Gerhardt. Because Huber is, I mean, Huber's unfortunately now in the transfer portal. So you need an infusion of talent. And I know know a lot of you are probably rolling your eyes at me by this time, talking about offensive line play. But the thing about offensive line play, Dylan O'Quinn, by the way, was a redshirt senior this past year, so we haven't seen yet if he's going to come back next year. But offensive line play is important, and it's going to be important going to the Big 12. And for a program that was driven through its offensive line the last five years, it's going to be interesting to see how much that is a part of this team's identity going into the Big 12, this program's identity. Right now, it should be, I think, Simple for Luke Kandra to slide in. He should be projected as a starter. You don't get a transfer from a Power 5 school and sit him on the bench. Unless it's an extreme circumstance like James Hudson. If you're getting a transfer from a Power 5 school, I expect him to be a starter. Plain and simple. Now, wide receiver. That's the next position. There's one guy who, it's his, his path is interesting. His timeline. He officially visited Nebraska on the 16th. He decommitted from Nebraska on the 21st and then immediately committed to Cincinnati that same day, signed last Wednesday. I look at Barry Jackson and I say to myself, with all of the receivers, several players, it feels like the whole receiving core from last year is gone. You need an infusion of talent there. So what's holding a dude like Barry Jackson back from being a starter? The remaining receivers on the roster have not seen much action. I mean, you go up and down. Russ mentioned some of them last week. You have guys like Drew Donnelly and Ashton Kohler and Chris Scott. They're still on the roster. They may be starters. But Barry Jackson should at least be able to get playing time, right? I mean, think about the guys who are in the transfer portal or in the NFL draft. Trey Tucker and Tyler Scott, they're off to the NFL draft. Um. Um, 
uh, Blue Smith and Nick Martin are in the transfer portal. Will Pauling's in the transfer portal. James, uh, Jaden Thompson's in the transfer portal. There's your whole, re- there's your whole receiving court. You know, I, I, I mean, Wyatt Fisher's still here. He had that crazy touchdown in the Fenway Bowl. But to be honest with you, beyond that, I'm struggling to figure out who's going to play a wide receiver this year. And that's why you need a guy like Barry Jackson. New coach, new system, new players, both in-house and acquired, you know, f- through a guy who decommitted from one school and committed to another. These positions should be open to anyone. Now, the Bearcats signing class is interesting because I look at it and I only see two wide receivers, Ty Perkins and Barry Jackson. The Bearcats signing class, which is smaller than previous years, and obviously there's there's many reasons for that. But this is a Bearcats class that only has two wide receivers, they have a quarterback, one running back, several offensive linemen, several guys on the front seven on defense, a cornerback, a safety, and there you go. It is 15 players deep, which is smaller, but not bad at all. So this is a, I mean, this right now is a program that I, I, I'm going to say it, the R word, and I'm going to talk about this, excuse me, sorry, more tomorrow is rebuilding. And I think that because of that, you need everything you can get when it comes to talent. Guys like Luke Kendra and Barry Jackson, maybe Ty Perkins. You need an infusion of talent. Like when we look at, and it's not just Luke Kendra. I look at this offense, the offensive line class. I'm seeing Evan um, Tengestall. I, I got to get the pronunciation right. Uh, Kendra, I mentioned him. Trevor Radicevich and Josh Gregory. Uh, there is a path for all those guys to get playing time because the offensive line is so the offensive line room is so depleted. I look at this offensive line. The, the the depth that's there right now. And you don't know if there's going to be more guys entering the transfer portal. I mean, as we've seen this offseason, anybody can enter the transfer portal in any minute. And so when your depth is dwindling, you got to be open to all options. Like, this is a new coach, new system, new players. It's a, it's a whole new era of Bearcats football. Yes, it's following the most successful era in Bearcats football history. But it is, times are new. New coach, you're entering the Big 12, and you still have high expectations. But you got to rebuild two very important positions, offensive line and wide receiver. Both are going to be integral when we go into the Big 12. Coming up, is it a good thing that Emory Jones is the favorite to be the starter? I'll explain after I tell you how this episode of Lockdown Bearcast is brought to you by NHTSA. Here's the situation. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride, but now you live nearby, you can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that can happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, or you kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers 
are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again, please, please, this New Year's, play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Brought to you by NHTSA. All right, are you looking to make a move? Well, take the guesswork out of the home buying process, the home buying process, and hire a professional real estate team with a track record of success. That's right. If you're looking to make a move, take the guesswork out of the home buying process and hire a professional real estate team with a track record of success. Debbie Buckstein Frank is a realtor with Coldwell Banker Heritage, and Steve Maloney is a lender with First Community Mortgage. They will be there to help you every step of the way. Debbie and Steve are both longtime Miami Valley residents who have helped hundreds of people just like you find the home of their dreams. Call Debbie right now at 937-672-3942. That's 937-672-3942. Again, 937-672-3942. Or visit teamweck.com. All right, so... I was told last week by Brandon Olson, the host of Lockdown Gators, that it's going to be miserable with Emory Jones. And I didn't really like hearing that, but at the same time, I want to be told, hey, this is what it's going to be like. So Emory Jones, we know he's dual threat. We know that um, that's what I think this offense needs. I think this offense needs a Scott, a Scott Satterfield system needs a a quarterback with dual threat abilities. Emory Jones has been a starter at two different schools, Power 5. I like that. He's passed for almost 5,000 yards in four seasons, 33 touchdowns, and over 45 career games. Passed for 2,734 yards in 2021, also rushed for 758 yards. 23 total touchdowns. That was for the Gators, which is good. Now, people in Florida will tell you that's not. Uh, going off of what Brandon's saying. But this is a quarterback who I do want to see because I think maybe Scott Satterfield can make him better. I thought Malik Cunningham, based on stats, progressed over the course of his time with Louisville. So to me, Emory Jones should be the favorite to be the starter. Now, is that a good thing? That depends on how you look at it. He has experience. He's played four seasons. He's He's been in college football for a long time. And he's played four seasons. And I think fitting Scott Satterfield's system, he's dual threat. Now, we go back to offensive line needing, you know, immediate starters maybe from this signing class. I think, now, dual threat quarterbacks, dual threat quarterbacks, they have the ability to mask bad offensive line play. Like, I remember Joe Daneman tweeted this during 2019. The Bengals' offensive line was a mess. And Russell Wilson's offensive line wasn't very good either. But what Russell Wilson was able to do was improvise and make plays off script. And I wish he would do that more with the Broncos this year. Think about Tom Brady this year with Tampa Bay. His offensive line is not very good. Last year's offensive line was incredible. This year it's not. And Brady's obviously not a very mobile quarterback. I think about the Bearcats and Emory Jones. If the offensive line is not perfect, Get a guy who can roll out of the pocket and make plays off script. Because that is what is that's what we are seeing in today's NFL. Even pocket passers like Joe Burrow is making plays off script. You're seeing, I mean, Mac Jones 
made plays off script this past weekend against the Bengals. Quarterbacks like that is, I think, what you need in a Scott Satterfield system. It's why I wish Evan Prater had, had played more last year. Now, the quarterback battle this offseason, it's got really five players, or four, I should say. It's got four. Because Brady Lichtenberg's still on the roster. Now, he hasn't entered his name into the transfer portal just yet. I don't know if he will. Now, it remains to be seen if Evan Prater does. But right now, this roster, right now, the quarterbacks, you've got Lichtenberg, Ben Bryant, Evan Prater, Jacob Hoyne, and obviously now you got Emory Jones and Brady Drogosh part of the signing class. So this could be four to five quarterbacks battling this offseason. I think that makes it, obviously, it's got layers to it. I don't know if, it, if having four to five different quarterbacks is a good thing, battling it out. I think it obviously, there's a lot of options. But if you're watching this, I don't think there's, you know, an exciting feel to it. Because the best player in this, Emory Jones, I think, I've been told, is not someone to get excited about. Brady Drogosh excites you because of what he has done in high school up in Michigan. But he hasn't played a snap in college yet. Ben Bryant has five years of experience. He's really, really, I mean, he... Excuse me, sorry. I was trying to hit the mute button there so I wouldn't cough on air. Um, Joy's a podcasting. Um, so... Evan Prater, or Ben Bryant, excuse me, he has experience. He was the starter last year. He knows the Bearcats. It's a new system, though, so how that's going to be interesting. Evan Prater is still here, but Evan Prater has struggled. I think if Evan Prater had played better in his first two starts, you probably would feel, you'd probably be excited about this quarterback battle. But it's got the feeling of you just want to know who the quarterback is going to be and if they're going to be able to lead the Bearcats to some eight and four or something like that. That's okay. Like this quarterback. It's not like last year where you had an experienced guy in Ben Bryant who I think a lot of you want him to be the starter because of that. But also you said, hey, Evan Prater's got more potential and I campaigned for him hard. Turns out that he wasn't great in practice and it carried over into games. There's a reason Ben Bryant was the starter through 11 games. It kind of feels like the that Prater's first two starts now, some of, the, some of the plays or some things that happened weren't his fault. The offensive line was terrible in the Fenway Bowl. Against Tulane, there were some things I liked, but I wasn't left away thinking, okay, we got our quarterback of the future, the Bearcats. I Again, it feels like to me, Prater's first two starts have kind of have us feeling let down. If he had looked really good, you'd probably be feeling excited about this quarterback battle. Now, then again, if Prater does play well, if he plays well enough against Tulane, maybe Luke Fickle's still here, and then you're really excited for the upcoming season. I think we all are because we're going to the, the Bearcats are going to the Big 12, but at the same time, I think about, well, we don't know who the quarterback is going to be. We don't know who, you know, is going to be blocking in front of him. Who's he going to throw to? I mean, right now, the Bearcats running back room, Charles McClellan's going in the NFL draft. Corey Kiner staying. That's great. But Corey Kiner didn't see much action. Or, or, I mean, he saw some action, but not as much as you would have liked. So the quarterback battle is between Emory Jones 
and Ben Bryant. To me, those are your two front runners. Bryant has a good arm and is accurate. He has experience. But he can be a lame duck quarterback at times. And if you want this offense to work, you got to go with someone who has mobility. Ben Bryant is certainly not that. I mean, I don't mean to talk badly about a player. Like, I, I mean, I mean, I will criticize a player if he's not if he's if he's not playing well enough. Bryant was a good, most um, mo- uh, definitely okay. Sometimes really good quarterback. Or I should say mostly good, really good quarterback. Mostly good quarterback last year, we'll say that. But he lacks something that I think needs to be in a Satterfield offense, and that's mobility. Emory Jones has that. Brady Drogosh has that. Now, is he going to be able to come in and, and, you know, make a hard push to be the starter? I don't know. But I do know this. The fact that I've been told, I've been told Emory Jones is not going to excite me or this family. I don't know because I, I, I have not seen him in a Bearcats uniform yet. But this quarterback battle, it feels like you just want to know who it's going to be and you want to know if they're going to be able to lead the Bearcats to victories. That's fine. That's totally fine if you're feeling that way. I am too. Because it's different than years past. We're used to Desmond Ritter. Or Ben Bryant. Either Desmond Ritter continuing to to improve every year. Or Ben Bryant always lurking and then finally getting his chance. Or Evan Prater last year and all the potential he had. But now it feels like Evan Prater, who knows what's going to happen with him. So the quarterback battle is definitely deep. There's layers to it. Is it exciting? I wouldn't say yes. All right, coming up tomorrow. Um... By the way, last point, if, it, if, if the quarterback's Emory Jones or Ben Bryant, they don't have much eligibility left to develop. So that leaves you with Drogosh and Prater. That's not necessarily a good position to be in. And that leads to tomorrow's show. How much, if any, is this head coaching job a rebuild for Scott Satterfield? We'll get into that. We've got much more coming up this week. Russ Hellman will join me for another live room. Josh Neighbors hopefully going to join me for another crossover Lockdown Bearcats, Lockdown Big 12. Um, as always, uh, you can subscribe to our Lockdown Bearcats YouTube channel. Follow it too to get an alert every time we drop a new episode. I'm on Twitter at Frankie underscore Natty with two N's and an ATI. I'm on Instagram, Alex Frank nine underscore Alex Frank nine underscore. Email me at Alex three Frank at gmail.com. Hey, thanks for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen today. Now make Lockdown Sports today your second listen. Peter Bukowski brings you the biggest stories from around the sports world in 20 minutes. Get the analysis and opinions before anyone else with our local and national experts and insiders. Locked on Sports Today podcast available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Alex Frank for Locked on Bearcats. Have a great rest of your day. I'll be back tomorrow talking about how much, if any, is this a rebuilding job for Scott Satterfield coming in as the new head coach of the Bearcats football program. And I will be back tomorrow right here on Locked on Bearcats, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team. Every day.